Osiris. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Loyalty, described as, do you care? And I care, and that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time, here we go. <laughs> I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. It's all that same feeling that I have, that would he filled a void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good to, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining. If you can't help, don't hurt. If we could just all get out there and throw cream puffs at each other, maybe things would, instead of bullets and <laughs> angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living. There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here. We've lost access. I'm jumping Jack Flash came out by the stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got, I got a text from Mick Jagger. <laughs> People saying that you know what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that yeah. you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived. Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know? If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. I got my sexy voice on, my COVID sexy voice. <laughs> yeah. You want some antibodies, baby? <laughs> I'm Mike. That's O'Teal. That's, that's me. That's, that's you, Mike. Someone who was it that told me that Bob Weir told him when when he was six when he was sick in the studio, it made his voice sound sexier. <laughs> who in the hell told me that? This was recent because I was worried about being in the studio and all the <laughs> stuff I was hacking up. Yeah, oh, so it's definitely funny. real. Yeah, it's real. So Sick we voice. both just had COVID. Yeah, buddy. You got that. You got, uh, I'll tell you the first time I got it almost at the same time of the year last year, right around Christmas. This time I got it New Year's. Last time I had a day or two of whatever, headache, bullshit, aches. Yeah. This time it kicked the shit out of me, man. Yeah. Real bad. And it just settled in like my throat and chest and nose and, uh, just blowing a bunch of gunk out. Could be way worse, but you know, um, yeah. makes me I had sound to cough uh, for a long time. You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you and I are keeping big tissue uh, 
<laughs> you know, the, the, invest I'm, in tissues, everybody. I am. I'm investing in. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving the price up myself. <laughs> we had my buddy Phil Hanley on the show today. Um, Phil's a very, very funny comic, huge dead fan. And as a comic, it's always so nice to find people who love what you love. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a weird, like you get dropped off at school kind of, and then you see a kid with the same lunchbox and you're like, we're going to be friends, you know? So like he's a massive head and we would always just kill time in between sets at the cellar, just bullshitting about the dead. And you know, um, he's just a great dude, super funny. And he's got a new special out and we hung with him right before the pandemic, right before your almonds, when the whole world got it, right. When we almost got hit by the truck. Yep. That yep. night Faithful we, uh, night. we had dinner at the olive tree above the cellar and Phil was there I'm like, come on over and hang. And, uh, we just shot the shit and he's great. I love the premise of his book, a dyslexic writing a book about being dyslexic. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that, like, like he said, that's Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bit, but it's, it's really industry. cool. It's really, it's really heavy. Uh, yeah, it's a really funny guy. Can't wait to hang him. He's in the the Iron Sheik, yeah. dog. I was like, oh no, let's go, baby. Oteil's world, <laughs> the toy box. I Look just at got you. my Iron Sheik. <laughs> so fucking cool, man. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, if you're listening, go give us a five star rating and a review. Tell your friends um, if you think they would enjoy it. If you want to hear more head over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod for a bonus episode every week. we got a lot of fun stuff planned, maybe some live stuff, maybe some, uh, you know, Hot collective seat. stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens, but you'll be seeing us and hearing from us. So uh, go over and join and thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. We couldn't do it without you. So keep on supporting comes a time. We'll keep bringing it to you. Thank you everyone. Enjoy Phil. We'll see you next time. Go play with your toys. F you, jabroni. (laughs) Go to Patreon, you bubba. (laughs) Bubba. Can I just uh, mention Atil's wrestling figures in the background? I had all those. (laughs) The All Those are the coolest, the rubber ones, right? The shit. No, the um, the ones on the bottom are the rubber ones. They're a little smaller. So Farouk on the right and Mankind on the left are the little smaller rubber ones. I have a hard time getting them to stand up. Yeah, I remember that man. They used I put I had the ring and they would always when you weren't playing with them they would always be face down. Wait, Phil, you had kind of like the the decent size rubber ones, right? That didn't bend. They were just like they were big. I had those too, dude. Those were heavy. Yeah, those were they were the weirdest toys, and yeah, and yeah, they were like in one posture, <laughs> just yes. like this, dude. My mom, my mom's friend had her kids like they. She came over to visit, and one of the kids was sucking on one of my dolls, and he sucked the face right off of the doll, like he was just <laughs> oh, sucking dude. on it and sucking. He sucked the paint right off, and I was like. <laughs> Dude, ruined my fucking, he ruined my hillbilly gym, man. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The problem with hillbilly gym is you'd lose his hat the first day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, totally. That ring was sick, though. I used to play with my G.I. Joe guys on that ring. That was oh, like a universal toy. Yeah, ring. it was universal, versatile. O'Teal's getting into wrestling. It's so fun, Phil, 
because Otil's getting into wrestling as an adult with his kids. Oh, great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So he's like, what, just this past year, you became like basically a head, like a wrestling head. I was watching a, a shoot interview with Ricky Steamboat. I had to turn it off to come do this. <laughs> Dude, it's the, the old wrestling stuff. So fascinating to me, that lifestyle. I mean, it's not unlike being a musician or a comic. They're like driving around and yeah. In fact, I heard from Ric Flair yesterday because he did a Booker Teeps podcast. He came on there for an hour. And he said he wrestled 360, it was over the number of days of year, days of the year that he wrestled hour-long matches. Whoa. And Ricky Steamboat was just saying on this spot, he was like, I can't like imagine these guys want to do like a 12 to 20 minute match. He was like, the first 20 minutes, we're just establishing the good guy. Then... For the next 20, that's when the heel's going to, you know, I'm going to put yeah. flare over. And then the, the, the last 20 is when we're going to develop, okay, how are we taking this home? And for, to wrestle for that long, like, so if there's 365 days a year, say so he said we did 375 because they would do two on this weekend or whatever. Wow. You know, like, yeah, like I was name. just like, dude, the beating <laughs> those guys took. It's insane, yeah, because it's physical, but I'm sure there's a lot. Like, you really need to be the concentration to not, you know, break the dude's nose or injure the person, like, severely. So it's mental and I can't imagine. And that's when all the time. And that's when self-care was, like, lewds and a a Bud Light. (laughs) No, absolutely, yeah. It's it's (laughs) wild. That that era, uh, like, the 80s, like, I can't imagine. Yeah, self-care was not... you know what I mean? Nothing. Like even <laughs> pro, like even like hockey players smoke. Like no, it wasn't yeah. like conditioning or stretch. Like stretching would be completely no. out of the question. <laughs> you got made fun of if you stretched. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to hear Like, which one was it? Was it the Sheik documentary where they, he basically was just driving? They like would get into like a, a Pinto and just yeah. drive yeah. from like gig to gig, like with hammer and beers. Yeah. Which you're like, would he be with like, yeah. Cause he, him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that was the thing that they were right. enemies and they got like pulled up over together or something like that. And it was a big deal. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of busted or something. That, yeah. But he did those Persian clubs, those things. It's like what Weir's doing. I know. Yeah. But Bobby's a lot the, Bobby's the eighties wrestler of, uh, <laughs> of the music world. <laughs> He's done more gigs than anyone ever. I know. That's wild. We got to do, we got to show like the Sheik doing split screen of the Sheik doing the Persian clubs and we're doing this. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and the Sheik would love it, dude. You'll never believe this. We just went to a, a SmackDown. It wasn't televised, but it was the night before the biggest SmackDown at the end of the year, like on the 30th. <clears throat> and three, I'm wearing my Iron Sheik t shirt and literally three, four seats over from my wife and kids is this guy wearing another chic t-shirt. He's like, Oh, the chic, you know, and all of a sudden he starts looking at me like this, you know, and then he's with like six kids and all of them are all of a sudden it's like ferrets looking up, you know, on the Savannah <laughs> or prairie dogs, you know, and they're all looking at me. I was like, uh Oh, he was like, are you O'Teal? I was like, yeah. He goes, Oh my God. You know, he's been to a million dead company shows, a million wow. dead shows. He goes, Man, I'm the Iron Sheik's manager. I was like, what? Holy shit, really? <laughs> what are you <laughs> saying right now? And wow. he, lives, he lives in Canada. I was like, why wouldn't he I, be we, in Tampa with the big televised? But he was just down here vacationing with his kids. And the universe plopped him down. And Andrew Levine, thank you. Couldn't oh, that's it. wild! Because I had wasn't his doesn't his like I didn't isn't his nephews or something they took over his businesses wasn't that what or they were banning him or helping him? Did they was, did the dude resemble the sheik at all? No, uh, he um what's he just called everybody uh, Baba Megan yeah. <laughs> Megan uh what's his name again? I should be shot. Paige Megan, that's really so great cool. guy. He's a twin twin brother. They're like two Jewish guys from Canada. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Super cool, man. But I think they're 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 helping with his, you know, old age career. Oh, okay. You That's, know, I love the idea that uh, he's managing the Sheik. Uh, listen to like a, like a seventy seven eyes, just like in <laughs> <laughs> the Sheik's lights. It, and I just, I was like, okay coincidence <laughs> yeah that's wild. So. Right. i don't think so man like because that's exactly what's happening or doing his twitter and stuff you know fuck kanye <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you go to a lot of live wrestling growing up phil i it's funny i'm i'm home i'm visiting my family and uh i we i went to uh, some but my parents were talking about it was like the highlight of my childhood my we were at dinner we were in i'm from a suburb of toronto we were in toronto for dinner and I mentioned that uh, Hulk Hogan was fighting um, Randy Savage. And my dad was just like, well, let's go. Like, it was like two blocks away. And I was like, I don't know if you can just like roll into Maple Garden. <laughs> and we ended up going and seeing uh, Macho Man and Hogan. And like, we got there in time for the main event. But uh, yeah, they, I, I went to a fair amount. I was really into I was like into it that era, you know? Like yeah, me too. Man. Yeah, me too. So 
<laughs> my friend Megan that I hang out with here, her mom was really into it and they were in Chicago. She saw Hogan and Andre the Giant lie. I was just Whoa. like, she's like, are you really into this stuff? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I saw Hogan and Andre the Giant. I was like, no way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. I mean, Watching you get Andre. into it, man. It's so funny. It's just so awesome. You're like, dude, this shit. You're just sending like all of a sudden. Be, so it'll be like 1231 in the morning and I'm getting like WrestleMania three highlights texted to me from like YouTube clips from Otili's like, bro, this is sick. <laughs> just like, dude, you should awesome. see what you should see what toilet cam gets. I, know he's oh, I told me. Like, I just like fired up. I know. And we have it local here. And now there's some in Boca Raton, Boca Raton championship wrestling the 31st of this month like wow. down the street and they That's have some guys that have been on big stages you know oh really oh yeah they're still like club club gigging you know when they're not on tv I guess. yeah i saw i saw uh honky tonk man once in vancouver i went to like a like a small like independent show in the honky yeah. tonk man was like the the main event. Um, that's what fascinates me back in the day before WWE, just those small regions, how they would go from one region to another. And yeah, yeah. they're kind of still doing that. It was very hockey like in that way. Yeah. yeah. Little small regional, like, you know, AHL type stuff. It's cool. We used to see them all the time because WWF is in Stamford, you know, so they would just be, they live in Connecticut. So we would like run into them, renting a movie and stuff. Captain Lou all the time. And it was really Really? wild. Yeah. Yeah. They lived in Southern Connecticut. They all were like up and down the 95 corridor because they had to, you know, that was kind of headquarters. It's pretty neat. A lot of my friends growing up would run into like all the time. You see wrestlers getting ice cream, getting, uh, movies it's really wow. cool yeah you said you see him without the elastics dog, right? well that's my man that was my favorite <laughs> jyd was the best oh i love jyd he was the shit dude but when dude, did you I, yeah. I tapped out once i like once drugs and music and girls kind of came into the mix i was like yeah i'm a yeah park wrestling for a while over here and yeah yeah the first time i dosed i think was the last time i i watched <laughs> Yeah, but see That's now. A good way to stop. But no, but now, <laughs> as adults, to dose and then go right back to wrestling. I mean, you yeah, know, it's got to be amazing. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Bring it all together. <laughs> One day in the lot, someone's gonna be like, "Doses." Be like, "What do you got?" He's like, "I got some steamboat, dude. I got some good steamboat. Yeah. I got some flair. <laughs> I got some flair." <laughs> you I take it, go woo. <laughs> I did a, a show once, and Cowboy Bob Orton was in the crowd because his uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. So his son Randy Orton. Then he has, he has a second son who's the comedian. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember Bob Orton? Cowboy Bob Orton, uh, Roddy Piper's yeah. sidekick. I, I've seen Randy more as son, but his dad, yeah, was like. Yeah. So he, I met him before the show and I was like, you know, really blown away. And then I had a woman, this is the only time it's ever happened. I had a woman rush the stage. I had like her husband heckled me. I shut him down. And the next thing I I'm like starting my, right when I started, I'm starting my first joke and I just sensed like a shadow in my (laughs) peripheral vision. And this woman was so upset that I 
shut her husband down. She was like shaking. And I had that feeling where I'm like, oh, I'm going to get knocked out by an angry wife on stage. <laughs> the security goes. And the whole time I'm thinking about Cowboy Bob Orton, that he would handle the situation in a much more masculine fashion than I was like. So I'm like, can we get the lady off? So the door people, they, they like like slowly, like calmly take her off the stage and put her back in her seat. But then she's still right there. Like, right. It's almost worse. Yeah. Yeah, She's still seething. And I'm like, okay, can we just, anyone who wants to assault me, can we get them out of the, (laughs) and the whole time I'm like, oh, Cowboy Bob Orton must just be so, you know, (laughs) he would have handled it much better than me. What would Cowboy Bob do? Well, some yeah. of those guys could get really hurt. Like you've in the Iron Cheeks documentary, you know, the friggin' hostage crisis is going on. <laughs> He's walking around with their Iranian flag and people are throwing shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Someone oh, got knifed. Yeah. I don't think it was the Sheik, but someone else was like, we would generate real heat. Mm. And they got stabbed on the way back. <laughs> you know, you got to walk that corridor back. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it's so I feel like back then because there wasn't you didn't see like TMZ of like anyone doing anything but just their show. Right. Right. So they would yeah. legitimately think that that was like the dudes, uh, their whole deal. But you would see them like that old footage. Yeah, it's like legit anger in the like among the it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's people didn't have Facebook to post on. They had to stew on it for like a week. <laughs> Absolutely. And buy yeah, tickets yeah. to like the Buffalo War Memorial to like track them down. Yeah. Throw cans at them and shit. Those Isn't were the days, geni- man. That's genius right there, man. It sure is. And then that's- look at what I mean, it parallels perfectly, you know? This dipshit has to get voted 15 times to like be the speaker of the house. It's wrestling. Like you literally yeah, can't it's, now it's you see it. Trump's it's hilarious. Whole, his whole ascent, the whole thing. It's all I'm wrestling. Like, ah, I could have told you the the people that were into wrestling did tell us. They're like, uh <laughs> he's doing it. He's doing yeah. exactly what he did in WWE, but yeah. now on a different and nobody knows. Or did it's they? Like it's hilarious, dude. So <laughs> yeah, it is. It is I, Mike, I've made that comparison to wrestling before. Cause like when I'm here, when I'm home in Canada, the news is very boring. You know what I mean? Which is quite comforting, which is great. When, <laughs> when you see it, like with Must CNN with the like, do, 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 what, you know, I'm like, what's up next? You're like, yeah, this is 100% WWE. It 100%. is. It totally is. And you tune in, in on Saturday, but at least we, we could like uh, Saturday mornings was wrestling, you know, yeah. just like five o'clock to five thirty was the news. And that was it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it's just all everything. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And it was but, all yesterday's news. Right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Me and Gene Okerlund would show up. I'd have my bowl of cereal, just <laughs> my guys, my wrestling guys. And yeah. when it ended, it ended. I went outside and, Promotional consideration paid for by the following. That's when I knew it was over, you know, (laughs) go outside. The the beautiful part about that though, is in professional wrestling, everyone's entertained in (laughs) politics. It's only like the point. Oh, 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 one. The politicians are entertained. Yeah, They're entertained. And you know, well, the politicians are just the heels and baby faces protecting the business. (laughs) (laughs) They're not the point. Oh, 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 one (laughs) percent. You know, yeah, those so, are that's Vince McMahon <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> watching Putin come to the Congress was like watching like a uh, 
a personal trainer visit a senior center. <laughs> he was in like a sweatsuit and he's ripped and they're all just like standing up and sitting down and stand. It's like you had him doing like aqua aerobics, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they were getting like too tired to sit and stand. They're like, I'll just clap from here. It's fucking gross, dude. <laughs> what dude, a disgrace. How's can dude, Phil? I want to come to Canada, hang with you, dude. Have you thought at all about just like setting up camp from there? You love I, New York though. I do. I, I do love New York. I mean, I start, like I started in Vancouver. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to not like, I walk to the cellar every night. I just miss nah. it, you know, Yeah. but it, it's great here. I'm writing, I'm working on a, I don't know if I told you, but I'm writing a book. I'm dyslexic. I'm writing a book about dyslexia. So I'm like <laughs> with my mom, who's the expert just from dealing with me when I was a kid type thing. So I'm home doing that, but yeah, I mean, this it's you can't see it, but my folks live like right kind of on the water. It's pretty relaxing oh, cool. compared to like the East Village. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go? I have a friend from Canada and he just goes back there for doctor's appointments oh, and like healthcare yeah. stuff. And he went what? to school there and got his law degree. And then he came, he just lives here because it's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, that's yeah, hilarious. that's another big benefit of Canada. That's it's, uh, yeah, I have healthcare in the states, but it's so confusing. Where's Canada? You just it's real simple. Can you go back and avail yourself of it? Uh, I, I, I've lived in the states so long now that that I have like all my doctors and stuff in the states. But for initially, yeah, you would just go, and it's just so much easier, man. <laughs> so much easier. So, dude, how cool was it when you first realized that Bobby also suffers from a form of dyslexia? It was one of the most monumental moments of my life because up until then, everyone's always like, because when, you, when you're a kid, you're in special ed and they try, the way they uplift you is to tell you that Tom Cruise is dyslexic. And I'm just like, what? yeah, I'm going to go star in Top Gun. Is that my, <laughs> like, it didn't I feel do better anything. now. Yeah. Was your default. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, when I found out that Bobby was, cause I was already, you know, listening to the dad and stuff, it would just blew my mind. And then when you see him, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring a friend to a show and they'll always, they'll come, if they're a guitar player, they'll comment on how Bobby plays. And for me, I'm like, that's exactly how a dyslexic would play. Just his own 100% his own approach. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it gave him a, the other superpower, too, of this incredible memory. Like, I didn't realize he was dyslexic for a while, even though I had it, it was in the documentary and stuff. It just didn't like, yeah, stick, stick, you know, and then someone said, why don't you just read it? It's right there on the uh, on the teleprompter. He goes, but I can't read it. And I was like, oh, that's right. He's dyslexic. So now I'm thinking, wow, he has the most amazing memory, like on earth. Like all yeah. these songs have so many lyrics. They're not well, like blues tunes, you know. I mean, oh, Dylan songs. So I mean, he's singing, yeah, yeah. Dylan, Desolation and, and Row the, is like Desolation Row. Like, yeah, you know, they're all like really long, right? Amazing. Do you remember? Remember when we talked to him and he was talking about how? Because when you were saying that, it just made me think when he came on and he was talking about how he becomes the character in the song, he becomes the, the hitchhiker in black throated. Yeah. Wind, right. I wonder if that is a little subliminal trick to help memorize things because he can't read. Maybe that was like something he had to pick up 
on the way learn the story to learn the stories yeah i mean that that makes sense when he said that um my girlfriend's an actor and i was telling her that and uh just when you watch him like if bobby's singing like loser or brown eyed women or i it like it gets i get so so many of his tunes when he's singing he's so into it i get so emotional because you're just like he's so in the zone yeah he God, really is. He does. He fully. It feels like. Uh, I don't know. The gravity of it is really huge. Yeah, yeah. he's putting one hundred percent. Yeah, like that's why. Like him doing a throwing stones is so much more important. It seems than anybody else doing it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like he will yeah. when he hit that. The future's here. We're it. We're on our own part. Like yeah. he's gonna put everything he has into that. And it's yeah. just, if you're not crying, you're fucking, oh, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Or like uh, standing on the moon or, um, yeah, it's just. Were Morning, you, dude. Oh, yeah. my God. The, the I saw, it was, this, O'Teal, do you, do you get that thing? Like, I'm sure you must get it all the time now that, like, Bobby's gotten for 50 years where someone's like, remembering it's just you guys it's your job right but certain songs like I, I almost did it to you where i was like you guys did a morning do would have been to the at the last time you played shoreline and it was i mean i've seen i don't know how many dead and co shows 30 or four i'd have seen a lot and it was one of the greatest it was such a lift off moment but do people yeah. say that to you all the time like do you remember the uh China doll from whatever venue. I, people more are remembering uh, old shows of when Jerry did it. <laughs> you know, so I'm like flattered. You're going, oh man, this one China doll you did at Shoreline. I mean, we feel it for sure. Like some just have you get lucky. And yeah. Like wow, that was cool. But yeah. I don't. <clears throat> that's actually. The first time I've actually heard someone say that about one of them that I played. You know? Oh, are you serious? That's cool. Oh, dude, if we, if we spend the afternoon together, I would drive you crazy. <laughs> I would be like, City Field. Like, I would, I, I would have so many of those moments. I get lift off from Good, you guys. Glad. Yeah, man. All the time. Or, uh, or it's stuff or, or shows like Almond Brothers shows that I saw that I would be like, do you remember Layla from, yeah, like I would have a lot, I'd have a lot of those for you. So it's like, I have to, I have to remind myself, it's like, Mateel, you, you are getting that old now. Like yeah. <laughs> you put a number, enough of them under your belt where they're in the like queue of memorable ones. I just, I, it's, it's a weird thing when you play with the Almond Brothers or with any version of the Grateful Dead, because so much of the thing was the thing when you were like seven. Right. You know, so I always think of the thing as in the past and not me being part of the thing. It's oh, weird. You know? Yeah, dude, you're part of the thing, man. You really, <laughs> well, now big. after, you know, in 2023, yeah, like I'm starting to get it into my head, but it's weird how automatic it is, you know? Well, it's like you're a Harry Potter fan like me, right? Like it's a character that came in and, the fourth movie you know what i mean like um but it's still harry potter still harry potter 
Right. And, exactly. Yeah, and see, and it's still whatever that I have to remember that. Thank you. Because still those magic, characters, yeah, yeah. Like I, those characters, even if it's in the fourth book are super meaningful to me. Like, yeah. Oh, totally. And this, what the, the lyric in uh, us blues that I always think of, is the shook the hand that shook the hand. Like you are right, mm. like uh, you're yeah. right there. Yeah. You yeah. you you are working with the hand that shook, like you're standing 10 feet from Bobby, who's yeah. the, you know, 10 feet from Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. It's um and, it's crazy too, because sometimes <laughs> you forget when you work with people, they kind of become you you see them more as people yeah you know you have to it might even piss you off or whatever you know what i mean and then yeah. sometimes you're like reminded like blah, blah, you know, like wow i mean at the cellar <laughs> phil i mean right like we'll just be sitting yeah. there and all of a sudden you look up and Chappelle's sitting there with you yeah. or, or rock is sitting there or with rock. you or yeah anybody you know like all these amazing and it's like oh yeah that's right like we all yeah. do it's very interesting and it's and it's a amazing Ray Romano is someone who I always love seeing because he's the sweetest, kindest, most awesome dude, you know, and he, like gracious. Yeah. He'll be like, is it okay? You know, can I go on? Can I make sure he doesn't like go long and all this stuff? Yeah, and yeah. He's a great guy. Such a great dude. And then it's like, yeah, but he's Ray Romano. Like he's going to walk yeah. outside and everyone's going to, you know? Yeah. So it is and that kind like, of like Mel Brooks could walk in and then all of them would be like, absolutely i was realizing too Otil, we talked about it that your first gig with the almonds was great woods 97 yeah your second gig with the almonds was hartford 97 i think and that was the first time i had saw you live wow. i was like right at that wow. like you, you were like less than a week into the band or something wow. and you went yeah because it's hartford's right after it great woods hartford is that whole run yeah all the time before their health started getting bad man that's crazy and that was 1997 1997 well i must have i don't know if did aru do that's horde scary. in heart in the amphitheater like because i went to I horde in like did. 94 95 something like that but I think we didn't do, I think we did 92, 93, 94, and then we got kicked off because, or we might've got kicked off for 94 even. That was like keg like, stands in the parking guy? lot, uh, you know, era though. Like, you know, that was my, I was probably outside until missed the whole show type shit. Early yeah, young, I mean, that's dumb how most partying people, in the lot bullshit, you know? <laughs> we were playing to like, you know, a thousand out of 20,000 people, you know, but... <laughs> But I mean, it was like 92, you know, we were, it was, I didn't even know I had been to so few amphitheater shows like that stuff, you know, I'm sure you guys have that same thing in comedy where it's like the first time you're playing a place that's like, oh shit, I'm at the freaking cellar or whatever, you know, whatever the yeah. legendary, you're like, oh yeah. my damn. god, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. a crazy free for all drink smoke kid you know <laughs> those were crazy moments phil right i mean oh dude yeah i always th like the i had done like some television and stuff and then and i thought i was nervous for that but the day 
when I auditioned for the seller was by far the absolute most nervous. Like one of those days where you just like wake up and pop you're just, ah! like your eyes open, you realize you gotta do this like daunting, daunting thing. Yeah, that yeah, oh for sure. And I mean, I started in Vancouver with the goal of playing the seller, and it seemed so far. I'm doing open mics for music, like I'm going on a dude's playing like John Cougar and then I go up and do jokes and then like someone comes on like it's yeah it wow. was so far from there but um is that what the yeah, scene was like in Vancouver when you started was there like a I, big comedy scene no, yeah there, there was a really good comedy scene there was a good comedy scene but I when I started I I had talked to someone like right when I started and they said well you're not going to get good unless you do five shows a week and I was like oh shit, how am I possibly going to, there wasn't yeah. enough, there wasn't enough shows. So right. you would get on one good show and then I would go on, yeah, like open mics for musicians or uh, whatever. I, I used to do this like punk rock um, where uh, like, kind of like an open mic for, yeah, like punk rock bands or whatever, which they weren't thrilled. Um, <laughs> but I just had to get that, that time. You know what I mean? I, I didn't totally. care how bad I bombed. It was just, Okay, so now I've done 75 shows. You know, I would just go through and I'd keep track of each number. Um, but th- it was a good scene that just wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't like New York where you can do a million shows. That's right. good for you, though. You know, like the, if the bombing and like all of it, like the experience working a crowd that does yeah. not is not at all interested. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's like that. It's back to the wrestler thing. Like you got to find a way to make people pop like you know, under any right. circumstance. We had that all the time on the road, you know? Yeah. Like I would, I do a lot of, uh, I riff a lot and like in between jokes and it's 100% because I was talking to these like, you know, dudes that were tuning their guitars and I'd have to be like, Hey, da 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 da. That would be part of the setup to get that one dude's attention, and then you know, once he was in, once he was listening, other people would listen. You know, and then yeah, one hundred percent. People would be like, "Oh, you know, how did you learn to do crowd work or riff or whatever?" I'm like, "I did in the trenches, man. That's where I learned it." Like, filling time. Sometimes yes. it was just filling time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's- yeah. One of the funny things, Otil, about comedy too is like when you're young and you go, I've got like a solid 45 right now, but that's if the crowd's like on like mushrooms and everyone, it's like perfect. (laughs) Yeah. If every joke, yeah, if they like just release a tank in the room, then you have 45 minutes. Like you have to learn the hard way that like your 45 minutes is actually probably like 11 decent minutes. You know, yes, because yeah, the first the first time you just eat shit, you know, early on you headline like whatever charity nights or fundraisers or whatever, it's anything you can. Yeah, you're like my night. You drive there, pumping your warm up song, and you get there, and it's just shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you think Dude. you're gonna do forty, and at twelve, you're like, so what do you do? Like, where are you yeah. from? <laughs> you just beg. You're just like praying that a waitress drops like a tray of drinks or whatever. Oh, yeah. so I, I, used, I had this gig and I would go on. It was in the, you'd have to, it was in the, like in the Canadian Rockies. And it was this bar where they could play. There was a section of the bar where they would play road hockey indoors. Like it was a rough and tumble. They would take shots at the net and like just men with sticks. And <laughs> I, I would go on after the UFC bout. So the, the, 
They wanted to keep the people drinking. So the screen would be raising up and these bloodthirsty like guys, lumberjacks, and I'd have to go up. And it's like Mike said, I thought I had 30 minutes. But when you're bombing and fearing for your life, I had like seven. And I remember looking down at my stopwatch being like, so I'm done every all my material. I have to just like riff for 23 minutes. You know, like it was there's no worse feeling than no. looking down, thinking like oh, I'm about halfway done. And you look down and you're at like six minutes and you, you have to be 30. It's so you're just like what something needs to happen. You That's know, daunting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is that from, has that ever happened on stage with you guys? Like, I mean, not now, but like, let's say like you're in the Colonel at a bar, like, were you, were you guys ever like, dude, it's happened with me with O'Teal and friends like recently. And sometimes it'll be, it'll happen the other way. Right. Yeah, like, the other way is amazing. Lot, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a lot of times I've been like, oh man, you know, we're, I'm worried if we're going too far and it's like, bro, we have so much more time and then now I'm freaking out, but we actually do have the ability to just like, because the type type of music we play, if we literally just play free and go to outer space, like all of a sudden we're on a DMT trip, mm. we can do that. So it's, it's kind of nice having that. It's like the, a DMT safety net. Like we could just yeah. go, you know, <laughs> how cool would that be if we could do that, Phil? But you can oh, dude, in a way, I, you know, because I just start spinning. This, I got this Jonathan <laughs> Winters like thing the other night, and I, th- I think maybe it was a documentary on Jonathan Winters. And man, then my the algorithm and my YouTube kept popping up him riffing with this person, him riffing with. Yeah. Each time he went on Carson or when he roasted somebody, like had nothing, and just got up. Had literally nothing. And I was like, this guy, I guess being crazy, which he joked about a lot, was kind of a superpower at that point. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smart Wool. For more than 25 years, Smart Wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They are here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. It's such a, I mean, to be able, and Chappelle does that at the cellar. He'll come on and like, it sounds uh, ridiculous. We'll do five hours and he, some, there'll be peaks and then he's just talking at the time. It's amazing to watch, but it's so weird. Like for it, to, like, you, it, would, it would be like, so you're, so you're doing a bit. So that's like the whole band together. Then all of a sudden when you go off into nowhere and there's just silence. It's like <laughs> the drummer stopped, the guitar stopped and you're just like playing bass like guys. Cause you lose the audience is so part of kind of your rhythm section when you're you know what I mean? And then when you go somewhere and they're not on board, to have the to be brave enough to like keep going to find something. So it's amazing to watch Chappelle really does that and you get to watch that. But Mike, you know that feeling where you're like connecting, 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 connecting. You're like, oh, you guys are not, you're not with me on this. The silence, yeah. right? <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's and so it's quiet. 
And, and what I've noticed too, is that I'm way more scared of silence when that's happening. But when things are going great, I love silence. Like somehow it's okay to like, when silence is good, it's the best, but when silence is bad, it's so loud. Yes. It's, 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 it's like, uh, yeah, it, you feel, but these, there is a point in comedy and I swear it takes, I mean, maybe some, some people, it doesn't take as long, but I think like 25 years or like a crazy amount of time where you can just be comfortable. If you're killing and it's silent because you're setting a joke up or, you know, you got a big punch coming. You're like, Oh, be quiet guy. Like be, you know what I mean? Let's get real quiet. Cause it's about to get real loud. But yeah, when you don't know what's going down, when you're just out there in no man's land, you know, hoping that a punchline's about to appear. Yeah. So with yes. someone like Jonathan Winters, he clearly learned to get comfortable with that real quick, you know? So he could just go out there like that. It's ama- it is amazing. He had that Robin Williams mind, I think, you know, where it was just so incredibly fast. But if you can... And I, it's hard musically to do the same thing. Like the greatest players are the ones that aren't afraid of the silence. And, uh, but there's that Andy Kaufman side. Like if you can access any part of that where it's like, even if it's uncomfortable, it's good. Yeah. yeah. If, if, because yeah. Colonel Bruce always had that. He's like, I just want a reaction. It could be extreme hate. It could be extreme discomfort or cheers or whatever, as long as it's a lot of it. And I was like, I've always been afraid of about three of those. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good with these two, but those other ones. But I'm with him on that because it's like, nothing is worse than apathy. Like I would so much rather have someone like Phil, you must've had this. And like, I remember a couple in particular where the person in the crowd just totally has no interest in being at a comedy club. They're there with a group of people. They're sobering up, you know, and they kind of give you like the, you know, you go like, are you, you guys good? Like, cause I won't like attack a heckler, but I'll try to include them and talk and, you know, and they're like, go ahead and finish up your O'Teal. Do you remember when actually the (laughs) night that we had dinner, Phil, you mean O'Teal, I was doing my hour at the fat black and Remember those girls, O'Teal, were talking in front and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can hear you and you're throwing me off. And she's like, we're not talking. And the whole room's like, no, you're talking like you're totally yeah. talking. And she's like, you mean we can't talk to each other during this? And it's like, have you ever left the house? Yeah, really? I, what? And, yes. and I'm like, no, you can't. So they just get up and walk across the stage and leave and like just hammered drunk. And I was like Thank fine God. with it, but it was just like the, that apathetic yeah, that's it's the, the worst. talker at the concert. I, yeah, I'd rather elicit <laughs> some emotion than oh, apathy. Oh, I, I'm, I'm like the I want. It's so bad because I know it's a rock concert. But if there's if Bobby's doing a ballad and anyone is talking anywhere in the like auditorium in the stadium, I, I, I lose my mind. Like I'm like, can you just please? If if this does not shut you up, if getting some, if Bob Weir. Doing a ballad does not shut days between. Are you serious, dude? You paid or on your phone? (laughs) It's paid to miss it. Like you know, I've I've recently. I I don't go to that many concerts. I saw Earth, Wind, and Fire for the first time in my life. Oh, my hero Verdine's like seventy-one or something, right? And I was crying, and I was just like. I just could not imagine just sitting there like talking 
to yeah. my friends while they were up there just like laying it down. I just, yeah. it's like, what are you thinking? You came here that you could have just got messed up at home. Like you could have got totally drunk and high on whatever and watched and paid a lot less. Yeah. And, and talk not, to your like, dog. Bummed yeah. everybody out around you. Like, it, it's incredibly yeah. awkward. It's incredibly it, awkward when you have to shut someone up and then turn and stay. It's like the the woman that tried to attack you on stage. Like now yes, I have to spend 90 absolutely, minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. so weird. I know, but I cannot not like, yeah. And they do it at any show, but I'm always like, what would you need to be in front of you where right. you're like, you know what? I'm going to go over. I'm going to talk about that. What happened in the, driving here i'm going to talk about traffic later it's it's crazy yeah. it's insane i would really should be like uh if i really had to talk that bad i probably would be like hey let's go on the lawn we got seats yeah you know let's go up here and talk yeah or, i don't know i just yeah, well i love when someone that. around me steps up and goes no 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 that's not happening and shuts up someone around me and i'm just oh, like i have that dude and i'm like that yeah like, way to go <laughs> i know that feeling might be like hey i'm really sorry guy also no matter how polite like i will go like canadian off the charts i'll be like hey i'm really sorry do you mind can we please you know what i mean and then, and then you scale, they're, like, oh. they're like so put out you're like how could you yeah it, it, it's it. a full pop <laughs> That's the comic in us too, though, I think, because there's nothing worse than that too. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. I wanna I wanna hear about writing a book, dude. Like how's that going? And how did it like what was like how far in are you? And was I, like I'm at the I'm at the halfway point. Uh yeah, it's been good. It took me, you know, I, I am very, very dyslexic. So it's it took me a long time. I was approached by someone like, would you want to write a book about dyslexia like four years ago? And I worked on the um the proposal like I remember that on it yeah I, i'm sure we've talked about it and then uh yeah we sold it and yeah i'm about halfway done and i mean i love it i put on i can't i listen i put on shows i i can't listen to anything from the 70s i gotta listen from 89 to like 91 is it just it's like That's your writing it, music <laughs> it is yeah because 70s i get too you know what i mean it too a simplication jam comes on and I'm i like, do know what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh i go yeah a lot and um yeah it's it's great i always have i always have tunes on and i talk to someone uh, i have a friend who's a professor and is like an expert on dyslexia and adhd and he's like oh i'm not surprised like another distraction could really help certain people concentrate. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's great. I just listen to shows and, and, uh, write initially about when I was first diagnosed and then, which is weird when you're writing it, it's, it kind of trips me out how I'll remember like lines from conversation and stuff like that. that I wouldn't think I would remember in a million years, but you just kind of hmm. get into this zone and I'm thinking about you know, grade or whatever. And you remember shit that like a teacher said to you or, you know, so yeah. it starts, pretty dark because uh you know teachers were not thrilled with how much effort it took for me to like spell the word son whatever you start off with and then the but the theme of the book is is that how what seemed brutal dyslexia how it it for me how it became such a positive thing like i wouldn't be talking to you guys today if i wasn't dyslexic or i wouldn't live in new york city or i wouldn't you know have got to see yeah. Chappelle do five hours or 
you know, all these things. I would get to see uh, Dead play at City Field every year or Shoreline because, I, you know, I always do the club before you guys play OTL. I do San Francisco weekend and then always the day before you guys play. I wouldn't get all these amazing <laughs> things if it wasn't dyslexic, you know? So it, it is kind of the um, – it is optimistic about, you know, your challenges and how they – you know, are a positive thing ultimately, even though they don't seem that like that at the time or whatever. So, but it's been really fun. That's awesome. dude. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it at the time. It sounds like a bit, a dyslexic writing a book about dyslexia, you know, (laughs) no, I do have a bit where I talk about like that show business. Like I wanted an Netflix special and instead they're like, have a book, have a book. (laughs) That is show business in, in a nutshell. Really is. It's great though because you do. You always get. I mean, I, I'm always talking to my kids about this. Like, I I really believe in Harry Potter and Star Wars and every religious story and all. Of it. Like, I'm all in all the fairies, elves, and so I start. I talk to them and be like, you know, we just got to find what your superpower is, and even if something feels like it might be a bad thing it's actually going to give you a good thing like so just oh. be ready for all of it you know yeah yeah like i had years ago i had this um therapist and he was this like older british intellect guy and i i have a lot of jokes about being dyslexic and he made this observation where he said like oh the wound in the bow which i guess is an expression where like the wound a weakness becomes a bow which is like the ultimate strength yeah. absolutely and- dude yeah. Yeah. And he, that's kind of the theme of the book is the, is that wound in the bow. That's kind of the thing. Um, and it is, I mean, it's why I'm tell jokes because I couldn't communicate in school and then recess would start and I'd be bebopping and scatting and getting everything out. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Would start again and be like, Oh fuck, you guys are going to talk about something. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, I couldn't read that and now you're discussing it. I completely um, understand. I completely understand what you're saying with that, where it was like recess was it's, it's interesting when you say that, cause that's kind of like, that was sports that was hanging mm -hmm. out. That was just like when it was like the rules were down. Right. And it was like showtime. That's when, yeah. That's when I thrived too. Red light. Got your light. (laughs) That's so true, dude. Yeah. You're like, you run the light. You're just staying out at recess. Everyone else is back in class. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause that could be the title of uh Bob's Bob Weir's documentary, the wound in the bow. Yeah. You know? I know really. Right. And, and the dead, I mean, I talk about what I've written so far. I talk about that moment of finding out that Bobby was dyslexic. Cause it was such a huge thing for me. And there's so many uh, heads will love the book because there's so many, like, I'll talk about someone when I was a kid. And then all of a sudden the line, like, uh, um, we get shown the light and the strangest of places. If you look at it, right, yeah. just comes out of my, and, and my editor's like, oh, this is great. This is great. What a line. And I'm, you know, it just happens because I'm listening to me. It's just yeah. so in me. You're like uh, Bill Walton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the compass I, always yeah. points to Terrapin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's his coaching. That's his. That's his advice to a young everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What sneakers should I buy? I can't yeah. figure out if it's the end or beginning. Yeah, <laughs> right, Phil. <laughs> but somehow he knows what he means. 
I love yeah. it. My favorite line, Phil, that I think about all the time is from Black Peter, where it's like, see here how everything leads up to this day. And it's yes. just like any other day that's ever been. I love that line so much because it's so like friggin' perfect. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. one of those hunter timeless, like it's just, it's like the air, like what the fuck? Like that's perfect. Yeah. That, I mean, Hunter, for me, that was like, because I, I couldn't read my family. You know, my mom reads constantly. My family is like, you know, there was always books and stuff like that. And Hunter's lyrics were the first time that I was kind of moved by words because I wouldn't get that from a book. You know, yeah. I would lie. Someone would be like, oh, read this passage. Oh, whoa, that's quite a passage. But I would actually <laughs> get moved by, you know, his lyrics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that line, that Black Peter is so good, man. Yeah, totally. It's cool though because you're like, your your entry point was you didn't have to read it; you could just hear it, and it came yeah. with music. Absolutely. So if you didn't have to read it, maybe those other passages would have affected you, you know. But if, if you had heard them spoken or read or sung, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it's, it's, um, they would give me books on tape, but when you're a kid, like you just zone yeah. out, like, yeah. hard to, you know? Yeah. That's hard. Unless to the reader now. is like, a ma- my kids have this teacher, shout out to Miss Cassie. She's from England and she loves to read stories. And so when she reads, she's like, I don't care how old you are, you'll be like, you know, and I said, can I pay you to just come read Harry Potter and Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe <laughs> to my kids, you know? To you. <laughs> to me, I'll be right there. I'll be like there next to my kids. Like, it's magic, man. She's just like totally into yeah. it. So if, if you just get a book on tape, it's not necessarily like I had no. to let one go. I couldn't, re- I forget which one it was. I was just like, I can't do it. Oh, totally, this dude. I tried not- to, yeah. The narrator's all about it's yeah, it could be the greatest book, but if it's the wrong narrator and vice versa, if it's a great narrator, I'll yeah. sit through a mediocre book and like just because yeah. of the way that the voice sounds. I'm I'm with you on you that. Can bring like, it to life. But yeah. if you're a kid, you need all that. You need both and yeah. heaps oh, of sure. ice cream, you know, like absolutely. Um, I felt like the Grateful Dead when I first heard it, I found it, Phil, like my dad had a a couple stacks of records and he had the stack I couldn't listen to and the stack I could listen to. <laughs> and the dead was in the one I couldn't listen to because what, he thought what, it was what made it qualifies. Couldn't well, like Sabbath was in the no, the no column because he thought I was too young to, again, I was like eight and it yeah. was like evil, you know, a dead lady holding a cross and a, you know, and I, it was scary. Yeah. Um, Zappo was in the no because I think it maybe was a little too dirty at the time. Yeah. And I think yeah. he thought the dead was maybe just kind of, druggy oriented but zeppelin and bowie and bad company and steely dan and all those were in the good column stones oh, okay but anyway i know hey whatever i thank him for this because it made me want to listen to sabbath and zappa and the dead even more but the yeah. dead. So I tried. I tried Sabbath, and right away I was like, "Fucking, I'm scared of this." Zappa. <laughs> yeah. I liked how it, it felt like a weird uncle, kind of, you know. Um, yeah. But the dead immediately, dude. It hit something where I'm like, I've heard this before. Like it just seemed like I heard, like I knew it. It's it was folk- like yeah. it, it just felt yeah. directly in that kind of <clears throat> like folklore 
yeah. fabric of like, you know, and, and like you hit it, Ote, like listening to it and not reading it. Cause I had no attention. I don't think I ever read a book like till after high school, you know, but I mean, it was just like the music was, yeah, it was like listening to someone tell me stories, Jerry's perfect voice during dire wolf, like on the album and just how yeah. like it's, it was like having like fairy tales or something like read to you or yeah, sung to you. Totally. It's the best. It's like the yeah. Hobbit, but it's, yeah. They, you know, they were so intentional about that. It was so beautiful, man. That, so like approachable to like a younger yeah. person. Like Robert Plant's not the easiest to like when you're nine. No. You know? Well, Jerry said, he was like, look, our thing is not here. Look what I can do that you can't do. Right. It's like, you know, it's more like, look what I can do that you can do too. Like it's more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I didn't get into it. I think because I was never into lyrics. Like my dad was into jazz and most of what we listened to is instrumental. There was obviously jazz singers and we listened to some opera, but I just didn't focus like music was music and learning to yeah. play music and instruments. It, for me, it wasn't about uh, the lyrics and I didn't pay attention to a lot of it because of so much was instrumental. Now I'm like, oh, wow. Now that I'm into like, you know, I read Lord of the Rings and I read and I was like, oh, this is like, if it's compelling like that, yeah. I'm into it, you know? Yeah. It's the, that book. I, I I have it downstairs. It's the encyclopedia. I forget what it's called, but it talks about all the dead lyrics and where like Hunter yeah. got the references and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's such a like, great book. Dude, it's so, were you like, how is one dude so smart? And it just, yeah. it's incredible. And it just goes to show you when something is like rooted in something, it just yes. hits you harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when there's like, the you don't know the references, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the root. It's, it's like listening it, to a song gravity. like, yeah. Like ramble on Rose is somehow like a history lesson. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just a cultural, like, you know, yeah. New York city, it, Wolfman, Jack, Jericho, like all these like, it's, it's like, very uh, like American Jungian, like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it's, well, no, it, it it's goes farther so, back in America. No, but every, every line means something. It's, it's incredible. It's like when, um, you can look at, you can look at a, you could look at like a Picasso and know nothing and be like, Ooh, I mean, this guy, I don't even know if this guy could color within the line, like what's going down. And then someone explains it to you and you're like, holy shit you know what i mean or you see the <laughs> sketches where it looked like a photograph before then all of a sudden it's it's so interesting when you learn a little bit about it or whatever but yeah that book is wild because every line you're like how is this dude know so much you know yeah yeah like a, a james joyce or something well you just had uh, yeah. like being able to like connect with hunter's wife and talk about like the, how he wrote some of his tunes and like you sat uh, phil yeah. oteal sat at the piano that uh they wrote days between on wow which yeah. i knew you'd love like that's something that yeah. you and i like that's such a oh thrill, yeah right? I, yes wow and she told me yeah. that on, i was leaving i was getting ready to go thanks for you know having me over and and um had, and then we were talking about that and she goes yeah I watched them write that on that piano right there. And I was like, wow. So like, do you mind if I play this for a second? If I stay for oh, about yeah. five more minutes? You know? Yeah. 
And it was remarkably in tune. I think there was something up with that because she was like, it hasn't been tuned in forever. And I have a acoustic piano, you know, they go. Got and I played it. like four different C's. And I was like, there's no way this thing is this in tune. I played a wow. couple of things on it. And I was just like, what are the odds of that being that in tune? I just am not buying it. That's wild. That's wild. Magical house. Oteil, do you like, will Bobby talk about, will he just tell like a Jerry story or like, does that? Well, you know, what's funny is like uh, when we're together, so much talk is about what's happening right now, you know, Um, because we're living in right now. And then everybody's very separate on tour also, you know, but then there's just these moments like I'm starting to have more of them with Steve Kimmock. We just did a record together in Iceland and we've been playing a bunch together, riding together. Oh, oh, and, cool. Okay. Yeah, and I don't pump him for Jerry stories because so many people, you know, after every show, man, yes. tell me about when Jerry, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. So I just let it go. But in Iceland, we were doing these like hot tubs in the snow outdoors, like full moon Sick. after recording under the Northern day. Lights. Yeah, yeah, under the North. It was like crazy. And he starts wow. talking more. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, I wish I had something recorded right. We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> Anytime. I'd love We've it. We've known each other for years, but it's just taken a while to open. And I don't like bring it up. And man, yeah. we got some good. It was just like, and the same with Bob or Bill or Mickey. Parish even. It'll yeah. be like uh, if we fly private because it's too far away. Yeah. And everybody's together. And it's kind of like uh, not a party. There's not a partying going on, but it's like we had a party because everybody's not rehearsing. We're not playing. We're not sound checking. We're just on this plane for a couple hours together. And then stuff starts coming out. And it's just. That's when you're like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing here. You forget yeah. sometimes because you're dealing with now and work and how is everything working out? COVID yeah. and, all. and the then all of a sudden you're yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I forgot I'm on, on a plane with guys that changed the entire freaking world. You know? Yeah, and continue like, to. But now you're part to, of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That's I love when we had. Man. I love when we had Bobby on the podcast. I think the first time, and he was talking about how like he dreams about him a bunch and stuff. Like he still yeah. has like you know, um, you spend that much time, and when he leaves that early, I'm sure that like the whole process of like processing his death and how it's getting bigger. The music is bigger than ever now, and you also know? the continual deaths. Right. You know, like yeah, it's that's yeah. a it's like, you know, somebody dies and you're and you you want to text them and you're just like, oh you know, you're still dead. You've already been through so much. Yeah. yeah. And then Hunter dies, you know, and it's just like oh. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's and crazy. I'm going through that myself. I mean, you could we're all going through that now. No, I know. Right? Yeah. Like it's weird. Uh it is weird, man. It's weird, but it, it it makes you realize, like again, the gravity of this of our lives. You know, right? Like, um, we need to we need to talk about this stuff and you know put it on the table because it's uh, some spooky stuff, man. I, I <laughs> yeah. continue to be. Uh, 
I feel like they're hitting me harder the older I get. And they seem to be coming more regularly, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm yeah. like, wow, what do I, I need to figure out a new strategy to deal with this, I think. You know? Well, probably with kids, it's harder too, you know? Because you got to process it and tell them and shit, you know? And it makes you probably think about yeah. mortality and all that more, you know? They help I'd in imagine. a way because it's like, there's so much like... uh you know, hope when you look at things through their eyes, it helps, but then you do have to explain it to them. And, you know, like, (laughs) like the thought happened to me about, you know, my dad's birthday was, it was January 6th. And it's the first birthday we've had where him and my older brother are both gone. And my mom is really older. You know, she's like 86. She'll probably be the next one to go. And then it's going to be like half my family's gone. Uh-huh. I'm looking at my sisters like, whoa, man, we're shrinking. Yeah. Fast. And I was but, just like, that, that but you're growing too, dude, because you have two more now, you know, like they're just yeah. new, new plants, you know? No, and there's my nephews as right. Kamal and Khalil and Malachi, and it's all good, but you know, it's just like, sure. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> you know? I, I, I found it really comforting um, when you guys had Bobby on and, uh, he he was talking about that's when the adventure begins. Yeah, and I was like, how cool, God. right? But yeah, it was cool. It was just like, you know, you if you can, uh, you know, embrace that idea yes. and feel it. I, I could just imagine how much grief it would relieve that concept. You know, right? Yes, I do feel like that. Like, um. um you know, we didn't want to tell my mom about my dad's birthday because I didn't want to bring up, you know, sure. and she can't really remember unless we like remind her. So, you know, it's kind of like the ignorance is bliss thing. But the thought occurred to me, I was like, well, I believe and if she she will get past a point in her grief to her belief that I know she does have that they're doing great right now, you know? Like yeah. they don't have to like feel uncomfortable in a body. They don't, you know, it's like yeah. they're relieved of a lot of this stuff. So I believe that. And I do tell my kids that I really do believe that, you know, but um, it's just weird when <laughs> you see that the progression just doesn't stop, you know, no. people are dying younger than me now. And I'm like, wait a minute, that cat was like 38. What? yeah you know like what like it's it's weird but it does make you appreciate life now and just do it you know yes yeah yeah it kind of feels like doing stand-up after covid a little bit like in that sense of like being able to appreciate coming back and like (laughs) it was so weird like it felt so good to come back to the cellar and see everybody and be like oh we all were like we did it like cool that's the, the one thing that I, I got from COVID. I, I was alone for a lot. I mean, I was in New York City, but I, like I was in East Village for a lot of it. Yeah. And I had these like big thoughts about life and um, what's really important. And it was to me, it was like, oh, I needed to be in isolated for four months before you get to these thoughts. And it's like, it's crazy how distracted we are. Yeah. And then, but it was a really valuable lesson to me because you can like 
intellectualized. Yeah, a monk, you know, these dudes will, you know, go in somewhere in the Himalayas for three months by themselves. And you're like, oh, cool. But then you're like, oh, I get why they do that. Because you yeah. do, I had these like huge thoughts about like, if someone's like, oh, do you want kids? I'd be like, yeah, I love kids. I hope I have a kid someday. But then when you were there for that, you really think about it. You're like, oh no, I need to do that. Like I really, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll take get along with someone for long enough to have a kid. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you realize how fast life is getting away with you, getting away from you when you stop. Yes. It's weird. And yeah. it's like I, the Himalayas came yeah. here for yes. everybody. It's, it was like what you're talking about, the wound and the bow. Yeah. Everybody really did need to stop. I don't think everybody needed to die. Right. But we all benefited from stopping because a lot of people, when it was time to go back, they were like, uh uh. Yes. Uh uh. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh-uh. Dude, I felt COVID to me felt like I was in a car chase leading up to COVID. And I had 10 cars chasing me. And then COVID hit and I had to hit the brakes and it became like a 10 car pile up. And then I just spent two years cleaning up the mess and it was was all the shit that I had to sit and think about and all the, like, do I want to be a dad? Do I want to be like career versus like, you know, what, what is all this big, big thoughts that you just don't, you would blow past. Exactly. You could be having a conversation about it and you're kind of thinking about errands you have to run. Like you wouldn't even engage these huge things. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, microdosing a fair amount, but I did have some crazy, and for some reason went through my first Zappa stage. But oh, did, perfect time. Perfect yeah, time. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had, I had, um, yeah, I, I just, and, and it's things that you read that kind of stayed with me. And the one thing that stayed with me is how important it is to have that time where you're just not, you're kind of just, by yourself to a certain extent and certainly letting things slow down as far as like social media and all that stuff, yeah. you know, yeah, taking man. days where you got nothing to do, but just contemplate to a certain Nature. extent. Yeah. Yes. Get back to the raw shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because you see so many people where <laughs> there's, you always uh, see like the top five regrets list of deathbed regrets, you know, and that's always the people that never stopped. Like it made me notice the brainwashing around it. Embrace the hustle. You know, there's all this like, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. I'm like, that's, you know, it's not by accident, (laughs) you know, that we are this way. There's billions of dollars being spent to just drive us. Totally. And we're listening to our five things are nothing left to do, but smile, 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 (laughs) take it easy. You know, like, no wonder we like, we found the music we needed, you know, are you kind? All the stuff that, you know, the messages are there. If you find, if you look, you know, close enough, Yeah, the good ones. But Um, a lot of the musicians need to do it too. Like, you know, comics too. I see him, you know, like we we are, we're the standard bearers for this thing, but it's like, Hey, I'm religious about it, man. Like I book time for me and my family, the way I book gigs. That's how I look at it now. Like, no, you can't do a gig there. I have this booked for me and my family, (laughs) Right. but otherwise it all gets booked up. Like I have to look at it. Like I do my gigs. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. 
Phil, you have an album come out. Before we leave you, before we we part ways, I want to talk to you about the album. Where did you record it? Let's oh. let's hear about it. Do you love it? It's well, great. It's, it's it's on YouTube. It's called Ooh La La. And uh, yeah, yeah, I recorded it at um, that VU, like the so above where Otia would have seen you do your hour. Nice. You were above. I was the basement, the 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 room, and uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's doing pretty good it feels good to put something out independently and not have to have um you know it approved by anyone in the industry i just got the money together and it went way over budget and then i put it out so i've been happy but it's called ooh la la and uh yeah i tell a uh an lsd story where i put on my mom's bathing suit as a as a youth and uh (laughs) <laughs> you can listen to that there, um, but yeah, no, I was stoked to do it, and and it, and it it feels really good to be able to just put something out yourself, you know. Yeah, I was stoked to see the model stuff because I remember when that first. Remember when I was running the show Hot Seat, and yes. we would just do all new material. I was running yeah, a show was called Hot Seat, where it was basically just like go up, throw out a premise, and then open it up to the crowd for questions. So basically like, you know, and then, and I would always have like my friends come on and do it. And Phil did it a bunch with that model material. And then that ended up making the special. Yeah, no, that was such a cool concept for a show because it was like, sometimes you have a joke and you're working on it and you're so in your head and it's your experience. You lose what's interesting about it. And, uh, OTL, like my friends went to college. There was a, brief moment where they liked skinny guys with long hair and brown cords and Grateful Dead t-shirts. And I modeled, I lived in Europe and I modeled and I didn't know what was funny about it. I didn't know what, and I took it to the show that Mike was talking about, that Mike did, the hot seat. And the audience would ask, well, who did you work for? So then I'm like, oh, I got a a joke about Giorgio Armani. And what did you, you know, how did you feel? How did you? So uh, yeah, that show was great. And it's the only kind I've ever heard of. And, and it, I love yeah, that I chunk wanna... was built there. And now that modeling chunk is in, uh, in, the, in special. the special. Yeah. I was yeah. stoked nice. to see that, man. I, w- I was always pumped for that material. Cause you came, you took that show serious. Like you would come with like shit to show the crowd and stuff. Like, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I was like, this is such a big opportunity. And it's like, you can't, it, it was the concept of that show was like such a safety net for bombing because yeah. You, yeah. You, you could not, when we were talking about music and the silences of like this, because the audience were allowed to ask questions, they were always engaged. So even right. if you weren't getting a huge pop, you knew they were like, you were having a conversation with the audience, which ultimately great comedy is. You're, even though they're yeah. not talking back, they're, you know. Right. I need to comments. talk to Liz about bringing that back. That was a blast. I love that. We should do, yes. we should it, do it on the road, time. man. When uh, we, was do a, the when we do the our show, yeah, I went to bring hot seat on the comedy. road for sure. Yeah, it was such dude. a blast, man. Do that stuff live with the audience. Fuck yeah! Oh, it was dude, great. It, it was, it was, yeah, it was really cool. It was found really a lot of gems in that, and I thought it was fun because, like you said, sometimes you get so in your own, and the way we think too. When you overthink, I think sometimes when you mm-hmm. have, you know, whether it's dyslexia or ADD or anxiety like you can't you you suffocate a joke yes you, you suffocate do. a thought and then you like yeah. get annoyed with that thought and you're like i don't ever want to see that fucking thought again you know no. what i mean like and it never blossoms because you water it too much or whatever you know yeah you beat a path and it's just the way your brain works you beat a path to where you think the joke is or where you think the point <laughs> of interest is 
And then there's so many other angles, but you're just so used to going down the same yeah, yeah. pathway to get there. Um, well, dude, yeah, I got to bring that back. That was a blast. I'm glad yeah. we talked about that. Where can all our listeners find you, Philly? Uh, on Instagram, I post clips, you know, basically every other day or sometimes every day. Uh, that's Phil M. Hanley on Instagram. And then uh, the special on YouTube is Phil Hanley, H-A-N-L-E-Y. And the special's called uh, Ooh La La. Awesome. So glad we got to hang out, man. Jeez, Mike, it was great, great to see you. O'Teal, uh, thank you so much, man, for keeping uh, my favorite thing on the planet going. <laughs> it is sincerely my pleasure, for sure. <laughs> and hopefully we can hang out uh, on this summer. Uh, oh, we're dude. coming to New York for a long time. I think my kids might be there, but we got to carve out some time for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do man. a fun hang for sure. Yeah, I, I would love to do that. And yeah, I'll be. I plan on seeing a bunch of shows. I'll definitely be there in San Francisco. And I think I'm going to treat myself to Colorado and I'll be there in New York city for sure. So, but uh, yeah, thanks Mike. And again, O'Teal, thank you so much, man, for keeping it, keeping it going. Yeah. And if you're still playing before our show in San Francisco, I'm going to try to come see you. Dude. Yeah. Come to the punchline, dude. I will be there the weekend. Yeah. Before you guys play the, the, the club. It's the best. it's the best, and there's a there's a boombox in the kitchen with a steely on it. It feels so. It's an old home. Bill Graham room. That's a Bill yeah, Graham room. Uh, in uh. fact, the last time I was there, the dude, one of the guys that works there, handed me this huge bag of dead shells they found in the basement. I have what? Like a, yes, all on cassette. To, to yeah, what? It, it, he gave me a bunch of posters too. Actually, last time dude, I was there, it's steeped. In Grateful wow. Dead history, this club, it was, yeah, it was, it was, um, run by Bill Graham's company originally. Now it's Live Nation. Yeah. Oh, dude, so that. cool. Wow. That's so, okay. I really hope that you I tell can that, get there. You tell that staff that you're a dead fan and they like roll out the red carpet. They're the greatest awesome. people, man. Molly yeah. and Kyle, everybody, oh, they're the best. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully, well, hopefully, I'll, hopefully, see hopefully I'll, I'll see you there, man. Absolutely, Love you, Phil. Man. I'll see you soon, man. Yeah, thank Miss you ya. so much, brother. Love you too, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank right, you. Right, peace. Have a good Bye, buddy. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.